Good morning. It's March 30th. It's Friday. And I have a quote today from Rudyard Kipling, who's an English writer. He wrote the Jungle Books. Um, And he was born uh, December 30th, 1865, and he passed January 18th, 1936. And the quote is this. Words are, of course the most powerful drug used by mankind. And that's your quote of the day. Have a good one. Here are your horoscopes from the New York Post and Sally Brompton for March 30th. Aquarius, in any and all conversations today, you must stick to the facts because the moment you veer from the truth, even slightly, is the moment when you lose the debate. You don't need to make things up. You're on the winning side already. Pisces, honesty is essential in all your activities now, but especially when making deals that could cost you a lot of money if they go wrong. Remember that it is not just your investment that is at stake, but other people's too. So err on the side of caution. Aries, try not to let your feelings get the better of you today because once the influence of the current full moon begins to wane, you may wonder why you allowed yourself to get so emotional. Give others the benefit of the doubt if they annoy you. Taurus, you may not take kindly to what someone tells you today, but don't get worked up about it. It probably isn't of much significance in the greater scheme of things, so let it pass and focus instead on what makes you happy, your friends and your family. Gemini, some things you can do on your own and some things you need to get help with, and so as long as you know which is which, you won't have any problems today. If, however, you get them mixed up, you could end up doing everything twice. As the approaching full moon cuts across family and career axis of your chart cancer, the next few days will be crucial for both your home life and your work. Whatever happens, you must not let the pressure get to you. Stay calm and you will survive. Leo, If you're feeling a bit down at the moment, you must find ways to snap out of it. Get out into the world and get involved in what's going on in your environment. The more active you are, the less time you will have to dwell on so-called problems. Virgo, keep your purse or wallet securely fastened over the next few days because the approaching full moon will bring lots of temptation. If you splash out now, You will most likely regret it later on when you are in need of cash but don't have any left. Libra, as tomorrow's full moon occurs in your birth sign, it is quite likely that you will say or do something that puts you at odds with other people. If it happens, it happens. Don't hate yourself for it. You'll find ways ways to make amends later on. (laughs) Scorpio, it may seem as if time is running out and that you won't possibly Be able to do all the things you promised to do, but don't sweat it. Do the most important thing first and do it well. And after that, everything else should fit nicely into place. Sagittarius people you usually get along with, well, maybe a bit touchy over the next few days, but don't make an issue of it. And don't wind them up for the fun of it either. There's a time and place for your offbeat brand of humor. This isn't it. And Capricorn. Don't worry if you appear to be losing ground to rivals on the work front. Most likely it isn't true, but even if it is, you will catch up with them later on. Stick to the course you've chosen. Give it time to bear fruit. These are your horoscopes for March 30th.
If today is your birthday on March 30th, well, you are outgoing and assertive, yet you are very mindful of others, sensitive, thoughtful, and require time for yourself to recharge your emotional batteries often. While you enjoy a challenge, you don't seek out making changes as readily as many Aries do. You are protective of those you love, and you are an ardent, charming lover. Famous people born today include Vincent Van Gogh, Eric Clapton, Celine Dion, Warren Beatty, Nora Jones, and Paul Reiser. Happy birthday, Aries. Today in Rock for March 30th. In 1957, Buddy Knox became the first artist in the rock and roll era to write his own number one hit when Party Doll topped the Billboard chart. In 1958, Little Richard had his final U.S. Top 10 hit with a song he had recorded in October 1956. Good golly, Miss Molly. 1962. The Russian newspaper Pravada warns communist youth about the dangers of dancing the twist. In 1963. 16-year-old Leslie Gore records her breakthrough hit, It's My Party. That same year, the Chiffons enjoy the first of their five Billboard Top 40 hits when He's So Fine climbs to number one. In the UK, it reached number 16. In 1964, former Beatles drummer Pete Best appears on US TV's I've Got a Secret. It only took a handful of questions before the panel guessed his former occupation. And when host Gary Moore asked him why he left the group, he said, I thought I'd like to start a group of my own, and I thought at that time they weren't going to go as big as they are now. In 1967, Cindy Birdsong, formerly of Patti LaBelle's Bluebells, was asked to fill in for Florence Ballard of the Supremes after Ballard missed a number of shows in New Orleans, L.A., and Montreal. Birdsong became a permanent member a few months later. In 1969, after having two giant hits with the letter and Cry Like a Baby, the box top Sweet Cream Ladies tops out at number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. 1971, 28-year-old Arlister Dyke Christian of Dyke and the Blazers was shot to death in a barroom altercation. The shooter was arraigned on murder charges, but the case was delayed several times and eventually dismissed because of the evidence indicating self-defense. The band reached number 35 in 1969 with We Got More Soul. That same year, six months after his death, Jimi Hendrix's album The Cry of Love is certified gold. In 1974, nine weeks after entering the Hot 100, John Denver's Sunshine on My Shoulders goes to number one. John would later say that he wrote the song on a day that it was pouring rain. 19... 85, Phil Collins started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with One More Night, his second U.S. chart topper. Song reached number four in the U.K. In 1989, Gladys Knight performs without the pips for the first time since grammar school at a show at Bally's in Las Vegas. In 1992, the soundtrack to Wayne's World was the number one album in the U.S., Featured the return to the charts of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, tracks by Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, Alex Cooper, as well as a new version of Dreamweaver from Gary Wright. 1994, 
Pink Floyd played their first concert in more than five years, opening a North American tour before more than 55,000 fans in Miami. In 1996, the Beatles had the number one album on the UK chart with Anthology 2. It had similar success in America, where it topped the Billboard Hot 200 and sold over 1.7 million copies. In 2004, Timmy Euro passed away at the age of 62. She began singing in her family's restaurant when she was a child and signed with Liberty Records when she turned 18. During the next five years, Timmy reached the U.S. charts nine times, including Hurt, which climbs to number four in the U.S. in 1961, as well as Make the World Go Away and What's the Matter, Baby, Is It Hurting You? She was troubled by throat problems throughout her career and retired from performing in the 1970s. In 2002, she was diagnosed with throat cancer and an inoperable brain tumor, and she died in her sleep in her Las Vegas home. 2005, Neil Young underwent surgery to address a brain aneurysm, and he made a quick and full recovery. In 2007, a man was arrested after trying to force his way into Paul McCartney's mansion, screaming, I must get to him. The man driving at high speeds burst through security patrols and drove across fields and gardens until he was finally halted by trees and a fence just yards from Sir Paul's six-bedroom home at Peace Marsh. The man fled as teams of police arrived but gave himself up after a three-mile chase. He was later detained under the Mental Health Act and did not face any criminal charges. In 2011, HarperCollins announced Billy Joel had decided to back out of a book deal that would have seen him publish his memoirs. That same year, the Australian band Men at Work lost a federal court appeal of a ruling which found their 1983 hit single Down Under was partly copied from a folk song called Kookaburra Sits in the Old Gum Tree. In 2012, Weird Al Yankovic launched a $5 million lawsuit against Sony Music Entertainment for underpayment of royalties. The case would be settled in December 2013 in Yankovic's favor for undisclosed terms. So 2013, Madonna's homeless brother, Anthony Ciccone, lashed out at his superstar sibling for not supporting him in times of trouble, but those claims were refuted by a family friend who said that both Madonna and her father have made several attempts to help, and none have been successful. In 2016, British musician Andy Thunderclap Newman died of an unspecified cause at the age of 73. Newman led a self-named band that included Speedy Keen, Jimmy McCulloch, and Pete Townsend to 37 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1969 with Something in the Air. And in 2017... Rosie Hamlin, who was just 14 years old when she led her group, Rosie and the Originals, to number five in 1960 with Angel Baby, died in her sleep in the age, at the age of 71. And this was your very long day in rock. Why does the American Bar Association prohibit sex between lawyers and clients? Well, that's to prevent clients from being billed twice for essentially the same service. 
So this morning, it's Good Friday, but it's really bad for me, Black Friday now, because they've just released this ruling in California. A California judge rules that coffee requires a cancer warning. Well, what the heck is going on? Scientists haven't rendered a verdict on whether coffee is good or bad for you, but a California judge has. He says coffee sellers in the state should have to post cancer warnings. The culprit is a chemical produced in the bean roasting process that is a known carcinogen and has been at the heart of an eight-year legal struggle between a tiny nonprofit group and Big Coffee. The Council for Education and Research on Toxics wanted the coffee industry to remove acrylamide from its processing, like potato chip makers did when it sued them years ago, or disclose the danger in ominous warning signs or labels. The industry, led by Starbucks Corp., said the level of the chemical in coffee isn't harmful and any risks are outweighed by benefits. L.A. Superior Court judge said Wednesday that the coffee makers hadn't presented the proper grounds at trial to prevail. While plaintiff offered evidence that consumption of coffee increases the risk of harm to the fetus, to infants, to children, and to adults, defendants, medical And epidemiology experts testified that they had no opinion on causation, Burl wrote in his proposed ruling. Defendants failed to satisfy their burden of proving that consumption of coffee confers a benefit to human health. What? I thought there were like a thousand studies on this, including one that if you drink four cups of coffee... It protects against liver cancer. What? They didn't they didn't provide this? Or are these studies bogus? I don't know. This judge wasn't impressed. So the suit was brought against Starbucks and 90 companies under a controversial law passed by California voters in 1986 that has been credited with culling cancer-causing chemicals from myriad products and also criticized for leading to quick settlement shakedowns. The Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act, better known as Proposition 65, requires warning labels for about 900 chemicals known to cause cancer or birth defects. It allows private citizens, advocacy groups, and attorneys to sue on behalf of the state and collect a portion of civil penalties for failure to provide warnings. Scientific evidence on coffee has gone back and forth for a long time, but concerns have eased recently about possible dangers of coffee, with some studies finding health benefits. In 2016, the Cancer Agency of the World Health Organization moved coffee off its possible carcinogen list. Holy crap, I didn't even know it was on there. Did you? Um, Studies indicate coffee is unlikely to cause breast, prostate, or pancreatic cancer. 
and it seems to lower the risks for liver and uterine cancers, the agency said. I knew this. I just told you guys this. But evidence is inadequate to determine its effects on dozens of other cancer types. Oh. Okay. Well, the attorney... Metzger, who brought the lawsuit and drinks a few cups of coffee a day, said the industry could remove the chemical without impairing taste. I firmly believe if the potato chip industry can do it, so can the coffee industry, Metzger said. A warning won't be that effective because it's an addictive product. He's saying just remove it and just we know it's bad. Just remove it, you lazy-ass corporations who don't want to do stuff like that. Hmm. I think that they should. All right, this is a lot to think about because I drink a lot of coffee. I hope all you guys are just not too upset about this. I'm not too thrilled about this information because, like, what they're saying basically is, yeah, coffee's good for a couple of prevent. Uh, prevention for a couple of cancers but not everything and who knows what it's actually inflaming I don't know obviously they didn't do that good a job at this trial coffee coffee industry so I don't know I keep saying I don't know because I'm like I just had my coffee I drink coffee I love coffee this really sucks alright everybody have a great holiday weekend and I'll see you Monday bye